Hello and welcome to this episode of the Magnetic Woman Show. I'm your host, Lauren Joyce, and today I want to talk to you about Rome, Christianity, and why we all have religious trauma and wounding and conditioning. So I have I started reading this book that I actually picked up while I was in Italy, and it's called Women in Ancient Rome. I saw it in the store, purchased it, and haven't picked it up since I was there. And the other day I was kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have bought this book. I have so many books. I don't know if I'm going to read it, blah, blah, blah. Something today pulled me to read it, probably prompted from the conversation I had yesterday with one of my very best friends around religion and pleasure and the sacred feminine. And I got two pages into this book in the introduction and I had to put it down and do this podcast episode. So I truly believe that we all have religious wounding, trauma, and conditioning that has to be addressed as women. Now, it doesn't matter if you were raised religious Again, I went through 10 years of Catholic school. My parents were not very religious, but all day, every day for 10 years attending school, I was learning about the Catholic church and, you know, Catholic doctrine and blah, 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 blah. And I have worked with and encountered so many women who did not have religious upbringings in any form and still deal with the same religious conditioning that the majority of women experience because religion, patriarchy, and misogyny have actually been just one giant fucking thing. So as I was reading this book, Women in Ancient Rome, in the introduction, it talks about how women in Roman society were seen as second-class citizens, period. They had no rights. They Their sole job and purpose was to get married, have kids, specifically sons, and to like support their husbands to be quiet, to take a back seat. Now, were there women who went against what Roman society expected and wanted of them? Yes, of course. Were there wealthy Roman women who were afforded more freedoms, more luxury, more independence? Yes, totally. But by and large, the societal structure was that women were seen as second-class citizens. When I was in Rome two years ago, I did a tour of the Colosseum. And the tour guide was saying, you know, there's five sections of seating in the Colosseum. The first section, like closest to where the gladiators and the activities were happening were for the emperor and the um, like aristocracy men. Then it was the merchants. Then it was the peasants. Then it was the slaves. And then the last final section farthest away were seats were women. And the tour guide said, Roman society did this for specifically so the slaves would not revolt so that they saw themselves as at least being better than women. Now, of course, were there female slaves? Yes. And, you know, none of us lived back then. We're just going off of 
historians. Okay, so here we are. So that's how Roman society was structured. Now, Rome itself was a very religious society, and Rome was polytheistic. It worshipped many gods and many goddesses, right? So you have um, Venus, the goddess of love. You have, and now, of course, I'm like getting the Greek and Roman goddesses gods and goddesses um confused but they essentially were all the same right so you had a goddess of love you had a goddess of motherhood you had a goddess of the home you had a god of war you had a god of the sea right so you have a variety of these deities and that and and again romans were very religious and all of these deities had their own temples and therefore had their own priests and priestesses okay now Fast forward to the first century, and we have the man named Jesus who comes in onto the scene teaching a new form of spirituality in a way, which was based on love and specifically equality. His teachings were about men and women being equal. This was revolutionary at the time right when he is crucified basically for being a political um adversary of the roman empire right you have people across the roman empire turning to the spirituality that he was preaching and it's been quoted that if you do not talk about, if you don't mention Jesus or Paul, the entire movement of Christianity in the first and second century was spread and funded by women. And women were so involved in this because this form of spirituality was saying that they were equal to men, which is not what was happening in Roman society. Okay, so fast forward to the 300s, and this spirituality is taking off through all levels of Roman society. A lot of slaves, a lot of soldiers, a lot of people who are like on the lower rungs of Roman society or seen as second class citizens are turning to this spirituality because it's saying, hey, you're equal to the other people. So what does Rome decide to do? It makes, and I'm putting this in air quotations, Christianity the religion of the empire. And I put it in, in air quotes because what they do is they shove misogyny and the Roman power structure into quote-unquote Christianity. So they cherry pick books for the Bible. They cherry pick teachings. They cherry pick how to fucking worship in this new quote unquote religion. But really what it is, is just a way to continue the Roman power structure, the misogyny and the patriarchal order. And they just label it as a religion. Now, why am I talking about this? Why am I giving you this history lesson? Because think about then what happens from 300 to now. 
the Roman Empire basically just rebrands itself as a church and spreads throughout the fucking world, right? And before you go off and like, well, the Protestant Reformation, okay, that's just like a spinoff of this, right? And you think about all of the countries that were imperialistic, were created colonies, and what did they do? What did they say? That it was to bring Christianity to these other people, right? When really, again, they just co-opted a quote-unquote religion and used it for conquest and power. The reason why I'm saying this and talking about this is because if we look at what our history has been for the majority of the world and the majority of our own lineages, right? So the all of the women that I'm speaking to, you are more than likely from a Western country. You may or may not have European ancestry. You may or may not have ancestry from a country that was colonized by Europeans, right? This shit is in us. And so we have to remember that like, again, thinking back to Europe, yes, there were monarchs, but who did they, who were they beholden to? Rome and the Pope. Or Rome and the Pope was like putting monarchs on the uh, thrones in Europe, right? Like it was so incestuous, so like backroom dealings for this small group of people to maintain power. And I, I want to talk about this one because this is one of my fucking passions. As somebody who grew up attending Catholic school, I have done so much deconditioning, deconstructing, and healing from religious trauma. And for me, one of the most healing things has been taking a very historical perspective to religion, like really looking at what happened. How did this, how did we go from a brown Jewish Palestinian man who, you know, was against like the greed of the Roman Empire to what we see now as quote unquote Christianity, right? And for me, when I began to decondition, deconstruct, and heal from religious conditioning, which went hand in hand, goes hand in hand with healing, deconstructing, deconditioning the patriarchy and internalized misogyny, there became a huge spiritual void for me. Because everything that I have been taught, everything that is deemed as appropriate spiritually is based in quote-unquote Christianity. So as I began to explore what I consider to be sacred feminine spirituality, so spirituality that either sees the divine as female or genderless, right? In Mary Magdalene's gospel, she calls God the good. The divine has no gender in her gospel. Huh, I wonder why it was taken out of the Bible. Um, And it's about sinking back into like rituals and ceremonies. And for me, I have such an interest in rituals and ceremonies that also link me to my lineage. So Southern Italian and Celtic. And I had so much resistance to one, doing that. And two, quite frankly, I still have a lot of resistance to talking about it. 
because there's so much conditioning around it being weird, around it being out there, around it being dangerous. Like even doing this podcast episode, when I was talking to a friend yesterday, I'm like, I know I need to start talking more about this. And quite frankly, I'm terrified of the Christians coming after me with pitchforks. Obviously, they cannot burn me at the stake any longer, but it does not, that fear of I will be hurt, cast out, killed for these views is not just like, has not just gone away, right? And so for me, this is why I created the Red Temple, because also when I was looking into a lot of like feminine spirituality spaces, it was just Christianity with a pink bow on it. So it still was deeply patriarchal, still was deeply misogynistic, still was about getting up and out of the body, denying humanity, rejecting the dark feminine, rejecting pleasure, reject- rejecting sexuality. And I've talked a lot about this. Tantra is not my spiritual path. And quite frankly, in the world of polarity and Tantra, to me, that is actually still similarly, there's a lot of patriarchy and misogyny just kind of like wrapped up in there. And so I have said this for years. The patriarchy did its best propaganda when it took the feminine out of the divine. So when God became one, male one man right or male and one entity one deity and took the divine out of the feminine aka taught us as women that our bodies were anything less than divine taught us that being woman was anything less than divine and so for me the red temple is the space of reclamation for all of that it's about seeing the divinity in being woman specifically It's about connecting to the divine that is either feminine or genderless. Or maybe you still feel connected to a male divine essence, but it is about healing this idea that like God is spiteful and wants you to feel guilty and ashamed, right? And the red temple is deeply about reclaiming our pleasure as sacred as well. This space is a space that I am so excited to steward, to lead. And the way that it's going to be evolving in 2024 is nothing but magical. And I would love to have you there. So what I'm doing right now, it's December 6th, is I'm opening up five spots for when you pay in full. You'll get two half-day virtual intensives with me. So this is deep, profound private mentorship, customized ritual, identity shifting, subconscious reprogramming, whatever is coming up for you at the time. So I have five spots for that. And right now, I only have 20 spots total for the Red Temple at this price point. So the price is going up January 1st, um, and I'm leaving the doors open right now for 20 more women to join us at this price point for all of 2024. So the those 20 spots are for any membership 
quote unquote level because there's a few different payment plans. The thing with the Red Temple is it is a year long commitment and it's a year long commitment because what we're doing in there is counter to the last 2000 years, more than that, 2500 years of conditioning in the world and culture and society and in your fucking lineage. So it takes time to reorient yourself to this way of being. So you can join us at themagneticwoman.com backslash temple. And again, there's 20 spots total available. Um, And five of those spots, if you decide to pay in full, you'll get a half-day intensive. So if you want to ensure that 2024 is the year that you really step into your power and feel spiritually grounded, that you lean into pleasure and awaken your intuition, that you own your sensuality as well as owning your spiritual gifts, then the Red Temple is the place for you. All right, my loves, I have no doubt that I will be talking even more about stuff like this coming up. It's something that I love talking about and, as I said, have been resistant to and afraid of. But we've pulled the Band-Aid off with this episode, and I'll see you next time.